Welcome back to Space Castle. It's your clubhouse and ours for all things nerdy. Who the fuck My name is, is Alex. Who's, who's talking? It's me. I'm I'm Alex. Holy shit. We thought you fucking died and Seth put you into a robot. Are you a robot? No, I just didn't want to tell you that I don't have the skills to replicate Alex. Oh, uh, it's so much simpler to resurrect me than it is to put me in a robot body. <laughs> My consciousness does not need to be there. I don't want to compete with Goldblum. We've got Goldblum already. I don't know if either of you have ever dabbled into uh, necromancy, but it's way easier <laughs> than building robots. Plus, if you've got me as a robot person, it just becomes real steel with Hugh Jackman. And I'm, I'm fighting Goldblum in a weekly bout. <laughs> we already talked about this, Alex. We're not going to make sentience fight. We're splitting you up. You're you're on DT's team. I get Goldblum. We're going to make battle bots, and I'm, I'm building an arena to do it. Politically, it's problematic, but like I think we'd get the views. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. But I'm not going to sacrifice my morals for views. If that were the case, this show would be way better than it is. <laughs> yeah, we get 100 million fucking listeners every week. And Goldblum has that wild left haymaker like Mark Wahlberg from The Fighter. So, you know, <laughs> you got to look out for that and the kidney punch. <laughs> Comedy comes in threes, Alex. I'm going to need you to make one more reference. One more. Oh, for The Fighter? Can it be like Bare Knuckle Fighting from Snatch? Because it was a great movie. Yep, okay. Oh, yeah, there I'll we go. It. There it is. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal it away from you, Alex, but yeah. I will always count a Snatch reference. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys the story of wine and Snatch? No. Okay, so just a quick aside. It's a funny story. I had this girlfriend, and we, we dated for a couple of years, and uh, I was having like a particular bad week at work, and I was just like down to the dumps and like just, you know, having a bad time. And uh, she planned this like romantic evening for us where uh, I went over to her place and we watched a couple of movies, like some Guy Ritchie movies. And like we had some like Italian takeout and like a bottle of wine. It was great. Boosted up my spirits. I felt great the rest of the week. It was fantastic. Fast forward to like a week or so later, we had dinner with my family and uh, we we're just talking about how things were going and whatnot. And my girlfriend at the time was like, yeah, no, DT was having like a rough time. And like all it took was wine and snatch to make him feel better. And I fucking died right there at the table. <laughs> 10 out of 10. It's oh, so good. Oh, man. She had no idea what she had said, and she couldn't figure out why I had just fucking tears coming out of my eyes, and I could not breathe. I was laughing so fucking hard. Uh, the algorithm would kill us if you put that as the title, but oh, my goodness. Wine and snatch, dude. Look, no matter which way you slice it, it's going to work. You ready for me to throw like a complete curveball your way no shit okay yeah and this is what i want to talk about on our podcast uh, that we do the three of us together Wait, what yeah we record ourselves talking and be- hi everyone listening so anyway here i my name's dt <laughs> <laughs> and i'm red wine alex and it's 10 in the morning and i haven't had anything. red wine and snatch alex <laughs> Fuck me, I was drinking water, man. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So there I go to the gas station, the convenience store, the bodega, depending on what part of our world you're in. And and this guy's wearing a Baby Yoda, as some people might understand it, or a Grogu shirt. And I was like, dude, are you a Star Wars fan? Have you seen Kenobi? Like, are you about it? And he was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm working my way through the Mandalorian right now. And I realized there's so much Star Wars out there right now. There's so much IP for you to digest that like this guy who is broadcasting that he's a Star Wars fan, like very clearly, like he's got the Rick and Morty gator and he's got the Grogu on and he's working the counter at the convenience store. And I'm like, 
my guy, you're a Star Wars fan, let's talk about it. And no, he just didn't have the context. This is what I wanted to talk about because here I am sitting talking about Star Wars. I have not jumped into Kenobi yet. And I mentioned that because I have not felt inclined to jump into Kenobi. Before we launch into this topic, I want to give this background. I love Star Wars, and I love Star Wars so much, and I love this character in particular so much that when I was in the second grade, I dressed up as Obi-Wan Kenobi for Halloween. And when I see it in Disney+, Plus, I get this like weird feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, I should be watching this, but do I want to? Uh, I got an answer for you. Pause. Pause. Hard pause. Yep. Yep. Okay. We, as a point on this podcast that we do, have not talked about Star Wars. Uh, we've we've glanced off it a few times. Now, DT is basically pacing. He's so excited to talk about this. <laughs> I don't know if I would call it excited. No, you're excited to talk about it. You're not excited about it. That's this is different. I'm not excited about getting all the hate mail and death threats after this episode goes out. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, now's now's your your ripcord time. Are we going to talk about Star Wars? Or are we going to talk about representing a thing that you d- haven't partaken in? Because those are two topics you just brought up, and I want to be clear: if we're getting into Star Wars, if you're dragging me into a Star Wars talk, I want to be clear about it. <laughs> Okay, here's my thesis for the entirety of the question that I'm posing to you, which is, why is Star Wars dying? Okay. Fuck. Alex, okay. <laughs> okay, we're, this, this is it, boys. We're, we're in the thing. I think Star Wars is already dead, and it's already come back as the glowy ghost of Hayden Christensen. Oh, <laughs> 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 No regrets on that one at all. Okay. Anybody that's been on our Discord knows that this is a topic that is often discussed uh, off of mic. DT and I have extremely opposite points of view on Star Wars, and that's okay. And I'm the moderator usually, but DT has swayed me to the dark side yeah. occasionally. But now Alex is the fucking instigator here, man. I like it. I am. Which is the, the, the great tragedy of our time. <laughs> I think you have to make some blanket statements. Like, do I think that Star Wars material should be continued to be made? Uh, Sure, I guess. Watch me contradict myself by the end of this episode. Boy, I have so many things to say on that one sentence you just said. Here's my opening statement. Yes, Star Wars should be continued to be made because Star Wars is an incredibly rich universe with a lot of really great shit to talk about. Good point. No, Skywalker Saga shit should not be continued. Mm -hmm. I'm over the Skywalker Saga. Good point. And I am happy to let it die with Kenobi. That being said. (laughs) Sustained. That being said, comma, semicolon. Both together. It's a period, comma, semicolon. Whoa. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. My lord, is that legal? Let me digest that for a second. Kenobi is an important show and i will get into why later but i think that it's extremely important for the canon and i think it's important for the idea of star wars media moving forward and we'll get into it that's my opening statement dt prepare to defend yourself for the 
your opening statement. <laughs> Counselor, the floor is yours. <laughs> uh, I've only seen the first three episodes of Kenobi, and I'm going to preface my entire argument by saying I will probably never, ever watch the next three. I am so fucking turned off by the poor storytelling, the terrible acting by everybody but Ewan McGregor, and just the complete and utter lack of care and planning that went into this. It feels rushed. It feels inconsequential. It feels like the most cynical sort of like fan-based cash-in ever. And I, I'm sorry, Seth, I don't think it's important. I think this is going to be largely forgettable once it's done, and it's not going to be viewed as something very important in terms of Star Wars canon and the franchise in general. I think it's going to be, if anything, look back as like a somewhat fondly remembered thing that was, oh, yeah, remember when Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen came back? That was, that was cool. Because that seems to be the whole fucking thesis of the show up to this point, because they're not saying anything interesting or unique or in-depth about Obi-Wan Kenobi as a character. And I understand the PTSD angle, and I understand the choices they made with the character, but I think that they went in the wrong way with that. And they're also not doing anything interesting or clever or profound with it. It's just all matter of fact, and it's all cheaply mashed together. And it just, it feels so fucking cynical and just so cheap and so just frivolous. Word from the defense. How can you say that watching a pinnacle top of the line Jedi who is important and influential in the Jedi be broken and having to deal with cutting himself off from the forest? Surprise, that's what this whole story is about. Having to deal with breaking his entire ideology. How how can you say that a Jedi being faced with and turning away from the ways of the Jedi is not interesting. Because one, we already fucking saw it. When? The Last Jedi. Sorry, like more like four years ago. We've already seen it. Like it's this is not anything original. And two, I hate the fact that Disney keeps going back and taking these incredibly optimistic and heroic characters and just making them sad sacks. Because at this point, it feels like they don't have any other ideas. Like, I'm, I'm fine with the idea of Obi-Wan Kenobi going through a period where he basically thought he killed his best friend. He's going through this point where he saw all of his people massacred, and he's having a really bad time of it. Like, I'm, I'm totally on board for that. Tell a fucking interesting story, and don't just fucking the copy of The Mandalorian all over again, where it's your, your hero... And a little kid that he's trying to get home safely. Uh, yep. It's just a fucking Mandalorian all over again. Like, I, I don't fucking care. They didn't care enough to come up with a unique angle and crack this story. Therefore, I don't fucking care enough to watch it. There's a cyclical nature to it. You have to stop quitting things halfway through. <laughs> they need to start making shit that doesn't make me want to quit halfway through. Oh, my gosh, oh. man. Yep, okay. Point. No, you should not have to slog through three or four episodes. I am not. I am almost 40 years old. I am done fucking slogging through shit that I don't want to watch. I'm never going to finish Loki. I'm never going to finish Obi-Wan. I am waiting for all the Marvel movies to come out streaming because I just can't be fucking arsed to go to the theater and watch this shit anymore. Everything feels like obligation than something I'm actually interested in going out of my way to consume and enjoy. And once I get to that point where I try to do it, it always slaps me in the fucking face. It makes me feel like I've been betrayed as a fan. I'm done. The problem with that is, one, the fact that you think it's a slog is, is one thing. But all of your arguments for Loki and, and Kenobi and stuff are like things that only happen in the first part of the show. The rest of the show addresses that. And as a checklist, all of the things you don't like about Loki are because you haven't finished Loki. It's all resolved as a story. 
But if I hate something, I'm not going to go back and finish it, especially when I have to wait a week for the next thing to come out. I'm already not invested. I'm already not interested. I have to wait for a week. I have to wait six fucking weeks. I have to wait two months for this thing to come together and possibly be good. Sorry. Make a fucking two-hour movie that I can consume in one afternoon. Don't fucking waste two months of my life. I feel like we've seen so many of, and it's not just Star Wars, it's all over the board, but you see so many things. It's like, I'm going to make this bland, like grayscale palette, and I'm going to plop some character into it and make them feel so alone and isolated. And then wham, I'm going to like three, four episodes in or after the mid-season finale, actually integrate the story and make everything come together. I'm pretty fucking tired of that too. There's this weird like, precept of like you have this really cool pitch and then all of the first act is so elongated and so dry and so boring like what makes star wars interesting right you're in the pitch room for a kenobi or maybe not even for the kenobi you're you're talking about a new star wars story what they're interested in right now is let's find an isolated person put them in a desert have them kind of talk and work their way through the first four episodes. And then we're going to introduce all these cool characters, the IP and the minutia that you were talking about, Seth, and integrate all of that to make this really cool concept. That doesn't work. Like it, it just doesn't work. What's cool about star Wars, uh, the force lightsabers, uh, the, the cool character interactions, the, the misdirection that you get from rogues and scoundrels. Mm. Those are the things that we love about Star Wars. And instead, the most successful thing that they've done recently with this IP is The Mandalorian, arguably the just the first season uh, for some people. Yeah, me. DT included. But like The Mandalorian was successful because it got a lot of people interested in Baby Yoda. Like they did a lot of things right. Right. But ultimately, it's it's very Breaking Bad-esque in that you have to wait for the scenes that work. If I pitch Breaking Bad to a person, they have to be a film nut or they have to like really enjoy dramatic scenes and have that be the, the, like the linchpin, you know, it has to hinge on those scenes and for breaking bad, it works for the Mandalorian in many senses, it does work in that same way. The beats hit really hard. They hit really well, but you can't go into star Wars every time and be like, Hey, all right. So I've got this, uh, former Jedi, kind of jedi he's a jedi and uh and like i'm gonna put him in the desert and then i'm gonna make him feel really weird and angsty about things that he's done in his past and then maybe he'll meet up with it, it just doesn't it doesn't i don't understand the approach there like if i'm writing this story as a huge obi-wan kenobi fan i want him to be like a proper rogue like he's out on the outside he's got his values and then maybe that would stop him from jumping into certain fights it would stop him from uh jumping into this that and the other thing but like i don't understand the 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 pitch room at at disney right now i guess what i'm saying two things one the show's about obi-wan questioning those values and if the values that led him to killing his best friend and ruining most of the galaxy are still worth upholding uh, that's kind of what the whole show's about two what i've realized is a lot of the People I talk to, including DT and Alex sometimes, that dislike Star Wars things, your shows or the movies, treat them as individual entities like the original trilogy was. But that's not how Star Wars actually is. What we're seeing are each of these shows and movies are parts of an entire single whole story. So these human slices of 
you know, the Mandalorian or Boba Fett or whatever are just almost like vignettes of the entire story of this, of the galaxy during this like 40 year period. We're seeing puzzle pieces getting laid in that are telling this cohesive whole story. But they should stand independently, you know? Yeah. And that's the problem is they don't. That's, and that's the thing is, is that's not, that's not what they're doing. They're not trying to make independent standing things. They're, they're telling an entire galaxy story. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to interrupt you and be an asshole real quick because the, the best comparison for this is Marvel. I, I love everything Marvel, most of Marvel up until Endgame. And I feel like everything's going to fall apart past that point. But the connection between Star Wars and Marvel is the fact that when they set out to design the MCU, they had a plan in place. May have started out as a loose plan, but the further they went, the tighter it became. They were able to integrate TV shows and movies and whatnot into this singular, like long, like linear story. And it all worked out because Kevin Feige is pretty much a fucking genius. Like the dude can fucking plan a franchise. Star Wars wants to be the same thing where they've got multiple movies and they've got multiple TV series and Disney Plus all going at once. But there's absolutely no fucking communication between each of these production teams and writers that are actually like going through and like piecing all this together, even the minutia, very carefully and making this one big, long, cohesive story. They're just cobbling it together and it pisses me off because it's not working the way they think it's working. And they try and course correct by just throwing more shit at it. And it just doesn't fucking work for me. And I think that they're limited, like to defend the people that are creating these projects, they're wildly limited. Like if Absolutely. I, I, the only, the only context I have is following authors like uh, Delilah S. Dawson and Kevin Hearn and people who have written in this Star Wars IP. They're very, very much limited in terms of what they're allowed to say, what characters they're allowed to incorporate, whether or not they could even put a lightsaber in their book, let alone have somebody use it. Like they can't mention certain technologies, certain uh, ships, certain planets. They can't. They can't even mention certain characters. Yeah. So you, when you write IP for Star Wars and specifically now, I guess for Disney, they have teams of people that are like, no, you can't mention this, that, or the other thing. You've got to write a completely original and whole story, which these writers, uh, uh, of course, are are very talented and can make happen. And they are now in the IP or in the. Whether or not it's canonical, maybe they're in Star Wars Rebels, which is like an entirely other episode that I'm sure you guys would be interested in, in getting down into. Rebels is canon. Rebels is now officially canon. It's Disney canon. I'm more than happy to get into that. Right. But I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is that like it's incredibly difficult and that they're, they're hamstrung by the, the sort of confines that they're, they're asked to write into. But it also doesn't excuse the, the sort of like bland background and there isn't anything enticing about it other than the nostalgia and the character itself. Yeah. The title of the franchise is basically what everything hinges on now. Seth, you got something to say. Yeah. The the reason for that is compared to, to Marvel that uh, I personally don't think it's a very good comparison. Um, well, fuck but, you. <laughs> <clears throat> the reason for that is because they both come from alternative media backgrounds, right? Is the original trilogy is is Kurosawa as a base, um, which makes me laugh whenever DT says that he likes it because it's so original when it's like super not. But um, <laughs> I've never claimed Star Wars is wholly original. It's Kurosawa and it's Joseph Campbell. That's that's what you said just a few a few minutes ago. Was you don't like the new stuff because it's not original like the like the OT was. Well, it's because it's new. it's overly self referential and it's just an endless loop. The reason that these authors have such restrictions is because of the different mediums that are source material. Marvel has 
you know, coming up on a hundred years of tons and tons of different storylines and mediums and characters. And they they are loose and canon is not a thing. So the people that make Marvel TV and, and movies, Feige, had the freedom to weave a narrative of their own. Whereas Star Wars comes from a narrative of canon already. So you have to tell stories within that. You don't get the opportunity to make a new canon for a 25 film run like Feige did. And I think that's why Star Wars is dying because they're stuck in that endless loop of recycling all these old characters and locations over and over again, instead of allowing all these writers and directors to do something original and tell original stories within this galaxy. I am so fucking done with Tatooine. The <laughs> desert. That's what I said. The desert. Yeah. Now, at this point, it, it makes zero fucking sense at this point for Obi-Wan Kenobi to have gone to Tatooine with Luke after, after the whole thing happened with Vader. Because now Tatooine, even even since the prequels, it's no longer this desolate little like rock floating through space. It's somehow become like one of the most important fucking planets, like this massive like hub it's, for the it's galaxy. It's always been that though. It hasn't though. No, but it but but like it's so rich. And part of the intrigue of Star Wars was that there are other planets. You've got Endor, you've got Kashyyyk, you've got places that are like green and beautiful and wild and interesting. And there are creatures there that that you've not seen. And there are potentially magic elements that you haven't seen. Because here's my cool thing, the Force. Here's my cool character. Let me put them in this situation and then have other characters conflict with that and, and put them in a setting that is interesting. And when I go back to the pitch room and I think about how Kenobi was pitched, it was this. Like, all right, we've got this badass character, Ewan McGregor's on board. We've got somebody that's like ready to go. What does it look like? And then some studio executive was like, this is going to be too fucking expensive. No. And then they were like, well, hear me out. He won't be using a lightsaber. He won't be using the force. It's just going to be, it's just going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. We're going to have four episodes and it's going to be super fucking cheap to film because it's just going to be Ewan McGregor in front of a green screen with some other characters interacting with him. And then the studio executive was like, yeah, okay, well, tell me more about the story. And that's what had to preface it, you know? Like, that's what needed to happen in order for them to green light this. And and that's what's the problem, is that we won't get anywhere until they're like, all right, blow it open like fucking James Cameron Avatar 2. You can have whatever budget and whatever timeline you want. Make me a Star Wars movie. Yes. And then I will be fully into it. They are putting the wagon before the horse in every sense of the word, and the wagon is all the characters. And the horse is the story. They're trying to just push those fucking characters along and drag the horse along behind it. And that's that's why Disney is killing Star Wars. I don't want to spoil too much for Alex, but Obi-Wan is only on Tatooine for the first episode. That's the pitch, like, right? Like, that's how it starts. I mean, maybe. And if he moves on, good. They're moving in the right direction, but there's where he starts. And that's where he also ends. We know that. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, yep. Like I would, I would prefer the roguish version. Like, but that I, I don't uh, want Obi Wan Kenobi's not a rogue. Like, that's not who he is. He kind of is though. He's pretty no, roguish in a new he's hope. Always, he's kind of sneaky. Always he's using a Jedi been... mind trick, and he's like mouthing off Han Solo. Like he gives fucking Vader these fucking smirks, and he's like, they're rewriting these characters to suit the stories they want to tell, but they're also not fully developing these fucking stories before they start shooting them. 
and that's why it feels like a cash grab though because it because it's at that point where it, they know that it's something that needs to be made because this is what we've been asking for and i understand what what seth is saying is i didn't uh, or like <laughs> i then put me in the camp with seth here that that like this is how i would approach it too is that you create your basic franchise and then you do vignettes you do like give me a character study on Kenobi. Give me a character study on Leia. Leia would be like a the the perfect backdrop. I'm surprised that we have not. You got to watch Kenobi, friend. Yeah, I or do. Or don't. Um, well, and that's the thing. The The premise of this episode was that I I heard this. I see it on Disney+. Plus. I have very limited time as a father to like indulge in new media. And so I have to pick and choose very, very carefully. Yeah. And I would rather watch For All Mankind than... I've I've seen Kenobi just sitting there on Disney Plus that I've I've got teed up. I've got kids. I, of course, I've got Disney Plus. I've got that shit running like all the time. <laughs> but I've seen it and I thought I've got like an hour and a half right now and went eh, on one of my favorite, favorite characters in intellectual property. One of my favorite people. I literally have cosplayed as Obi-Wan Kenobi and did not want to in- invest in that time. Well, I think it's also because you know how the story ends already. Like, what Star Wars needs to do is introduce new characters and surprise us again. Like, yeah. we know that Obi-Wan is leaving Tatooine. He's going off on this adventure. I won't spoil it for Alex. We know at some point he's going to come to terms with his past. He's going to recognize that he's got to be there for Luke. We know he's going to go right back to Tatooine and just hang out for another 10 fucking years. What is the, what is the thesis of the story? What is the grand point? At what point are we going to be surprised or entertained by the story? Whether or not you think the story they're telling is good, we know how it fucking ends. So why are you telling me stories? I already know how they end instead of giving me brand new stories and letting me explore new worlds with these new characters and be surprised by Star Wars for a fucking change. I have two things to say about that. First, uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Sure. We know how that fucking ends, but God damn, was that a masterpiece? I, I liked Rogue One a lot. Yeah. I think Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie. It's not my favorite, but I think it's objectively the best one. Considering the challenges, like just we'll we'll get into that. So now that we've broken the seal on Star Wars, we'll talk about <laughs> no, Rogue One. We cracked that bad boy open. Um, I think yes. Long long story short, maybe hot take. We'll I'll add this to the list of topics here. But Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie objectively. Empire is. The best movie subjectively. Luckily, movies are subjective. But so Rogue One tells a story that you know how it ends, but it's excellent. There's you didn't there really is, know how it ended though. Like the ending was a shock did. because because everybody fucking died. Everybody died. Oh, you, knew, yeah. you knew that when at, in fucking. You're gonna see Return of the Jedi. That's a different Death Star and a different set of spies, though. It wasn't Return. It was the first the first Death Star when. Leia talks about having the plans. She talks about how everybody died to get her those plans. You know that that happened. No, that's Return of the Jedi. That's Mon Mothma. She says many Bothans died. The point is, we knew that everybody died. That was not a surprise. It was for me. And I know the original trilogy like the back of my hand. Like It was shocking. The fact that Disney was brave enough to say, like, yeah, let's kill all these fucking characters at the end. I was sitting in the theater like, Wait, wait, what was that flash of light? Like, is Jyn so fucking dead? Like, did Disney really have the balls to do that? Fucking A, let's go. <laughs> I think to, to like circle back to what I was, I was kind of getting at with my original point is that in storytelling, take um, current Sifl president Mary Robin Aqual. She, ha- she teaches the mice quotient, which I think she like iterated on 
Orson Scott Card, whatever. You have four primary things that tell a, a good and interesting story, which is milieu inquiry character and event. Mm-hmm. The mice quotient is what she calls it. And with Kenobi, we know the character intimately. We know the event because we know what happens. So what you're left with as a storyteller is milieu and inquiry. And milieu, it's Star Wars. Like we know sort of the at least the vibe that we want to get when we enter into it. And that's something that you have some wiggle room with. That's something that you can kind of play around with. And what if the newest trilogy did anything right? One of the things it did right was incorporating new things that felt like they incorporated well into the known Star Wars universe. Moss maybe is a good example. But inquiry is like your thing to play with. If you were asking me to write a Star Wars story, that was that would be what I'm I'm playing around with. And we you you can't do that really. You, yeah. I, it's it's a really hard task. It's a very difficult thing to do. So like, do I fault Disney for what they're doing with this? Kind of because it is a cash grab in some respects, but it is also an incredibly difficult thing to do, and it's a very difficult thing to land. If somebody asked me like, "Hey, Alex, like I really love Star Wars. I've not seen anything that streaming has put out. What would you recommend?" All of my sources would say point to The Mandalorian because people love it and it's widely accepted as a very good iteration of the Star Wars universe, but it's not right for some people. Well, and it relies heavily on previous information about Star Wars. It relies heavily on that to some respect. It does way too much now, though, because Dave Filoni is a whole other fucking podcast episode topic unto himself. But what really drew me into The Mandalorian was... We got to see different aspects of the galaxy we hadn't seen before. We've never really delved deep into the whole Mandalorian lore and characters and the way they work and whatnot. It was a little slowed down. It became like Mandalorian and Grogu going from planet to planet, having a unique adventure every week. But that first season was really solid. The second season, when it became like a stealth sequel to Rebels, didn't really do it for me. And then the whole introduction of Luke Skywalker and then having to deal with Luke Skywalker in Book of Boba Fett as well. They pull themselves right back into their own fucking endless loop again with Luke Skywalker and Boba Fett and all these things that they just can't let go of because they can't tell an original fucking story with brand new characters. It's all got to be tied back to the original trilogy and this and the prequels over and over again. It does. You have to hinge on that, but that's the entirety of the story. It's like it has to be swiveling around the original trilogy. It doesn't, so though. I, I it get, so I, totally it, doesn't. It doesn't. Give me a whole new fucking trilogy that I've never seen before. No Skywalkers ever. Just leave them out completely. I know what you want. That's why we all really like the Ninth Jedi and why Visions really worked for us. And it's why I'm really fucking excited for Taika Waititi to hopefully maybe do something unique and interesting. Because I tell you what, if he does it and he's successful, Disney might open up and they might turn around their thinking about what they're doing. If Taika Waititi makes a unique and interesting and fun and exciting and financially successful Star Wars movie, they might change things. So if that movie doesn't work, I think I'm probably just fucking done with Star Wars. You're done entirely. with Star Wars. Yeah. 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 If anybody can reboot a franchise. Yeah. So Disney. <laughs> Seth's been holding this in for a while. Disney, like, he's literally Disney, he's got his hands over his go. mouth. Like, yeah. <laughs> Disney desperately needs to uh, get out of their own fucking way. Yes. The Solo movie that they fired the, the two. Lord and Miller. That was going to be better it was going to be a departure and they didn't want that the ryan johnson's trilogy i know you guys don't like ryan johnson and that's a whole topic for another day ryan johnson's trilogy was going to be not in the skywalker so it was going to be an entirely new thing and disney didn't want that 
I don't dislike Ryan Johnson. I just think he fumbled the last Jedi. Then Taika Waititi's movie is going to be not in the Skywalker saga. So if 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 third time's the charm and Disney can shut the fuck up and let somebody make a movie the way they want to for once, they might actually break themselves out of this. That being said, Lord Miller and Ryan Johnson are extremely capable filmmakers and they wanted to do something very interesting and very new and Disney said no. So as long as Disney can stop killing themselves on that, we will finally, finally get out of the Skywalker saga. I think you just hit the nail on the head in terms of the problem and why Disney is killing Star Wars. They're gatekeeping. Yeah. Like what needs to happen is just open the floodgates. Like let it, let it happen. And that's the thing is like, I circle back to the the authors that are writing these things is that Disney's like, oh, we want such complete control over the IP and the mythos. The mythos has to be so controlled that they have teams of people consulting with the authors to say, well, actually considering the timeline that you're presenting here in this film, that particular blaster wasn't actually around yet. Like people know Star Wars that intimately, but what they need to do is just like loosen up a little bit. And let some storytellers come in and be like, here's a new Jedi. And that's what was so intriguing about Visions is like they gave them complete, like no holds barred, just go and make a cool Star Wars story. And we got some of the best Star Wars that we've had in decades. Yep. Yeah. You're right. It's the gatekeeping and it's Dave Filoni who has turned Star Wars into his own private sandbox and it's impossible to break into or out of. I just, I want to see kind of what Seth was seemingly like kind of pitching, which is like, give me a completely new star Wars. Like, yeah, Taika Waititi can reboot a franchise, but I want to see like, cause like, what's the most intriguing thing about the star Wars universe? It's people's ability to interact with and use the force. Like that's the magic that is in this universe. Plus you have a sci-fi background. It's literally sci-fi fantasy mashup, which is why we're talking about this on a podcast. And like, we're so we're like, fueled up about it is that it's such a rich rich soil to plant some cool story seeds in that's it that's what it boils down to and we we just want to see the fruits of that labor i just want to see somebody plant some fucking seeds like i'm tired of like regrowing the same tree and chopping it down and regrowing the same tree over and over again to bring bring it back to one of the first things i said kenobi is important let me tell you why this show is part of an endgame set of shows for Disney. You've got season two of Kenobi, which it, it, as far as I know, at least according to everything that's been said by the creators, it's meant to be a two-season story arc of Kenobi's whole thing dealing with his whole life, basically. And that's, that's great. And then you have season three of The Mandalorian, and then you've got The Bad Batch. So Kenobi, The Bad Batch, and Mandalorian are nearing the end of their runs and it is not only the perfect time but also i think in the plan for this set of currently operating shows to end out this 40-year skywalker saga god i hope so (laughs) they're filling in all of the blanks answering the questions that they need answered like why was kenobi doing this in the in the time period between the the two trilogies like what was he doing why was he there all of this stuff how did he reconcile what he did to Anakin? All of that. They're answering that question. They're filling out the Mandalorian lore, which is what the Clone Wars started. And everybody was like, yo, there's an entire culture here that we learned a little bit about. We need more. And, and I think Mandalorian is the perfect way to do that. They're connecting the pieces on how 
Luke started and failed on his attempt to start a new Jedi school and bring the Jedi back and why he decided to end them, you know, once and for all and, and just re-kick the whole thing, which is what we saw in the final trilogy. These shows and the, the things that are operating right now are the final pieces that complete the arch of this story arc. If Disney can let them be, that's what they're meant to be. And it means that we can finally open the doors to things like Taika's movie and the literal thousands of years on either side of available Star Wars materials. There's so much about this galaxy. I agree. Though I think like like we need to just get away from this this central thing. Like I, I mentioned before, like you have to kind of like tie it back in at this point to the original trilogy. You don't need to do that moving forward. If you want to do true vignettes, it, it shouldn't be vignettes. We want original stories. You have so many people that have dipped into this universe that like there's there's a story out there that may be like the the central line running through that Leia is really the actual chosen one. Mm-hmm. she becomes the like not only sort of pseudo ruler but also a jedi in in her own full right and uh her children play a part more than they do in in the new the new trilogy and that's not anything that disney will ever explore one for respect for carrie fisher but like they just won't they can't you should watch kenobi yeah yeah i should all right you can tell me how it ends <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm taking some homework with me and i'll i'll relay what i've learned to dt a la cliff notes <laughs> literally alex what you just said is exactly why kenobi exists because kenobi is answering that question what you literally just said you wanted and what you weren't ever going to get that's what kenobi's doing no 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 not that i wa- not what i wanted just that could be happening that is kenobi that's what it's here for. That's what it's doing. It's exactly what you just said. Is answering a common question. Yes. For you, Seth, I will spend those hours of my life watching Kenobi. I'm not saying it's worth spending. I, I can just tell you what happened because I am going <laughs> to no, watch no, it. No, I'm going to no, do it. No, no, no. I don't want to be told. I will, I will watch it just for you. What you should do, if you're going to spend hours of your life based on my recommendations, what you should do is watch The French Dispatch. <laughs> yeah it's really fucking good you don't have to convince me to watch anything that wes anderson puts out i watched kenobi and it's not because you've programmed goldblum to hold a knife to my back right now i think the next time I, i'm going to consider a star wars story i'm just going to ask seth to pitch it to me and then I'll watch it. <laughs> all right there's there's a lot to love about star wars which is why i keep pushing dt to like finish things and watch because like he's about ready to give up on star wars as an idea and that's not a, that's not good because there's a lot of really good shit out there i think i almost have honestly i think the taika waititi movie and season three of the mandalorian is what everything hinges on for me give me some really good mandalorian shit give me a really interesting story that has nothing to do with goddamn fucking luke skywalker anymore and then give me a wild fun zany fucking blast of a movie from taika waititi and I'll reconsider. But for right now, I, I'm on the same boat as Marvel, too, where like none of this fucking interests me. There doesn't seem to be any plan going forward. And they're just waiting for the next big impetus to, to push everything along and keep it going. And I just don't have the fucking time or patience to wait for them to tread water for this long. Well, if you ask Disney, they're just going to make what we do in the shadows with Star Wars. <laughs> I hope Please they fucking do. do. Yeah, that yeah. would be great. 
Let's let's have a bunch of fucking thieves and make a fucking uh, our flag meets death in Star Wars, dude. I saw a post uh, earlier on Reddit earlier this week that I think is really really fun. The guy was like, "Give me one season of a show that is Billy D. Williams." I saw this thing. Yes, playing Sabak and just telling old stories, and Fuck. you get the episodes are flashbacks of Donald Glover's version playing like no. these. I, I hate that Donald Glover, Lando. Don't do that. What? Just have Lando just be what? at a table telling stories about people he met along the way. No. I love Donald Glover. I think he's fucking amazing. He's a terrible Lando. Oh my God, DT. I'm with Seth on this. He's good. No, he's an excellent Lando. He's perfect for young Lando. He does, he does young Lando well. He's just doing an impression. Oh, DT. We'll cut this bit out. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But I love the fucking idea of just doing like a compilation of just Lando just telling stories about people in the galaxy. That'd be fucking rad. But don't make it about young Lando. Because again, we're going fucking cyclical over and over yeah. again. We're, let's tell stories about fucking Lando because we have no fucking original ideas. Let's have Lando tell the original stories. That can be your in. That can be what makes the Disney executives feel safe. Is just bookend it with that, but tell original stories. Like stealth that shit in if you have to. But goddamn, stop telling me the same fucking Star Wars stories over and over again that's it put billy d williams in front of a fire and tell me your star wars stories my friend exactly do that that's where i want to end this i'm done i'm a star wars out again guys <laughs> well goldblum's dragging me off the and i need it we need it <laughs> can we just go to the next segment because he... okay bye alex it was good seeing you while you were here i think he just died again Oh, he stubbed it. He must have stubbed his toe. That yeah. sounds. That's what I sound like when I stub my toe. Stupid. Don't be invested in the fabrication. Of stupid. <laughs> stupid. Come on. What am I paying rent money for? This is ridiculous. Does he know he's the only one paying rent? What? What? Uh, here's some messages from Earth. The Needcast. Your source for offbeat news. Marauding monkeys bring fear to historic Indian tourist haven. These monkeys have gotten aggressive. Anytime you hold a package in their hand, they'll come up and they'll snatch it from you. Like gang members. Like, take your chain. Oh my god. Hot takes on sports? Drew Brees is a legend. How dare you? He is, but he's done. No, he's not. You pardoned him. He's coming back. (laughs) He wants to pardon Drew Brees. I want to throw him in prison. And deep dives into the paranormal. The uh, Loveland Frogman. At approximately 3.30 a.m., an unnamed businessman, uh, the most credible witness maybe you can find. <laughs> unnamed businessman. <laughs> I was just doing business when I saw a frogman. Join us every Monday and let's talk some bullshit. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. All right, as always, that was some excellent, excellent messages from Earth. And once again, it's sexy time. And I've got the Deep Space Recon this time. So you can seg yourself. I'll be over here not paying attention to that. I was going to see if you guys wanted to seg me or take turns segging me. I'm mad at you for giving up on Star Wars. Ah, that's fair. Fine. I'll seg myself in the secret room. <laughs> Uh, my Deep Space Recon is a YouTube channel that I really love and I've, I've loved for a few years now. And I think you guys really dig it too. It's called Friday Night Arcade. And if that name alone doesn't make you go subscribe right away, you're fucking crazy because that is a great fucking name. 
It's a retro gaming channel. I know there's a fucking million of them on YouTube right now, but this one is special and really cool and really fun. Hosted by a guy named Aaron. He started it back in 2014. And uh, it's just the most like warm and genuine and fun and well-spoken retro gaming YouTube channel I've seen in a long time. The dude has only got like 50,000 subscribers and he needs way more because he really knows his shit and his videos are unique and fun takes. He's also got only 631 followers on Twitter, which is fucking criminal. He needs more followers on Twitter because he's actually pretty prolific and active on there. But uh, he does all kinds of cool videos like retro gaming, like essays and reviews on classic games. The very first one he ever did was like Space Quest 3, which is like a fairly obscure title. One and two are the titles that get all the uh, the sort of attention. And Space Quest 3 was really fucking good, too. But he does like Sega Genesis games that push the hardware to its limits. Uh, he did a video on Atari 2600 games that actually have fucking endings huh. instead of just starting over completely or just saying like the end, which is really cool. That's cool. And he did a video that's very near and dear to my heart, and I think Seth's as well. And it was a really good essay he did called Retro Gaming Emulation is Not the Bad Guy. Let's go. Exactly. They're all fun, insightful videos. He's got a whole bunch of reviews from various eras of video games that are short and very bingeable. He's very affable. He's very well-spoken. His reviews are just very succinct. He's, he's just really fun to watch. What's cool is like, he seems like he's just doing it for the passion. He just really loves doing it. He's got a Patreon. The Patreon only has one $1 tier and that's it. He's like, if you want to like donate a dollar a month, fucking go for it. If you want to do more than that, that's amazing. But he, he's not necessarily doing it for the money, but he's good enough that I think he should be. And he seems really genuine and really passionate and just doing it because he really fucking loves it. And that's exactly the type of person I would like to see blow up and be able to do it for a living if you wanted to. Yeah, I'd definitely subscribe. What's his views on uh, B.O.B. on Bob? I don't know. I'd have to go through his archive and see if he did a review on Bob. Maybe he did. We're going to add him on Twitter and ask. Yeah, do it. We should subscribe to him on the, the Space Castle Twitter too and hit him up. But yeah, just a really cool, genuinely fun, genuinely passionate retro gaming channel that's not a bunch of bullshit where it's some fucking guy with a bunch of like LED lights behind him talking about a bunch of random shit. Like this guy isn't trying to be like the like be all end all like top YouTuber on retro gaming. He's just talking about shit he really fucking enjoys and it's infectious. That's my and jam. And I think in a whole Love like it. niche of YouTube videos where everybody's doing a retro gaming channel, we need more genuine people like this guy just chatting about fun subjects and not trying to be like the fucking guru of retro gaming with all their fucking decorations and shit behind them. He has a second channel too, and it's called uh, Friday Night Arcade After Hours. And what it is, is it's just a bunch of informal streams and chats where he's just hanging out, playing video games, chatting with people. And he's just super fucking likable. Like he's just, he just comes off as like a really cool, like laid back guy. Hell yeah, dude. Definitely a new sub for me. There you go. Me too. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do we have a listener question? Oh yeah, baby, we do. Fuck yes. Hit me with that shit. First, send us listener questions at Space Castle Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also hit us up from a long form questions, or if you really desperately want to explain to DT why he needs to pay more attention to Star Wars. Hit me up with reasons why I should finish Kenobi. Try and convince me I fucking dare you. Cowards. <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> Hop into our Discord and fucking just meme him to death. That'll work too. Just Donald Glover Lando memes and GIFs all day long. 
Gifts. Which, and gifts. 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 Presents? <laughs> like like present? Like I Christmas knew this presents? was gonna be a problem. <laughs> you can also send us long form emails at spacecastlepodcast at gmail.com. We have a hotline if you really honestly feel like yelling at DT, which frankly might be hilarious. So <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and do that. Uh uh what's those a number? I've I've given up. One nine seven zero five nine one three five seven seven. I look forward to hearing all of you guys scream at me. Might even play some on the show. Yeah, hell yeah. I want to hear people talk in caps lock on that on that voicemail. <laughs> all right, give us the listener question. Okay, yeah, this one comes comes from Josh. Thanks, buddy. If you could change the color of any one thing on the planet, what would it be, and what color would you change it to? I'll I'll start off because I'm writing a novel about this. Hmm, okay. Surprise. Or kind of about this. It's not really ab- about this, but I would change the color of grass to a dark, almost black color. Ooh. Because think of how fucking cool that would look. <laughs> no, no, just because of how cool it is. No, like, all right, I'm, I'm changing. In your compost, you put your browns and your blacks now instead of your greens. <laughs> It's like a like a blue black. It's like cool. It's like a velvety black. Does that apply to other things that grow? Like would broccoli now be like uh sort of dark? Yeah, well, I can only change one thing. So I'm I'm choosing like not the idea of grass, which is a category, but like I don't know, what what's the most common varietal of grass? That's what I like lawn grass, which is like what? Like a Bermuda. Kentucky bluegrass. I'm gonna change Kentucky bluegrass to black. Kentucky it's black Kentucky grass. black grass. <laughs> Which is funny Hell because yeah. bluegrass is green. <laughs> yeah. It's ironic. <laughs> yeah. Kentucky black grass. All right. All right. I would turn all of the like sepia lights into some sort of um, grayscale something so that we just have night mode. Huh. <laughs> we have dark dark mode nighttime. Everybody just go to bed. I kind of dig that. Fuck yeah. I am into it, actually. Let's do that. It's light enough that it's still safe. You can be outside. You got your lights there. But but yeah, like hey, it's nighttime, everybody. Let's have a nice sleep. Maybe it's because I'm a, it's the parent in me talking. <laughs> <laughs> that would help me not wake up at five o'clock every morning. Yeah, I love there it. you go. Fuck, that's a pretty good one. Mine's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> if I could change the color of one thing in the world, I would change spoiled milk to bright fucking orange. To oh. alert me so oh. I don't accidentally pour that shit into my cereal and ruin that glorious yes. fucking bowl of cereal. That is brilliant, actually. That's a good one. I am honestly surprised that spoiled foods in general aren't more colorific. We should have some sort of like chemical solution for this by now, right? Well, we do have a chemical solution. There's a lot to be said for our sense of smell, which is maybe our most sensitive sense. Mm-hmm. It's one most tied to memory, too, oddly enough. Definitely. I think we tend to classify humans as a vision-based species. We we rely on our eyes a lot. And they're extremely sophisticated pieces of... Equipment. Hardware. <laughs> biological engineering. But our sense of smell, we can determine single parts per billions of particles for things that are, like, bad for us. Spoiled meat and vomit and, you know, the the... The off-gassings of bacteria from dead humans, we can detect that very easily. Yeah, like steer clear of this place that smells bad. Yeah. (laughs) We do kind of already have a chemical solution, Alex, and that is just 
we smell bad shit really easily. I'm just saying that this is a problem that we could easily, you know, like a, a water indicators on your on your cell phone, mm-hmm. like like oh this thing has been waterlogged. Like we should have that for. Hey, here's here's a little sticker that does not cost a lot of money that you can stick on a gallon of milk that indicates, hey, don't drink this shit. I know you can read the label, but also here's this big sticker broadcast. That's on the already outside. a thing. People do that, but our milk, our dairy industry doesn't want to do that because they can sell less milk that way. Exactly. They want to sell the bad stuff. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah, and expiration dates are such a fucking crapshoot because sometimes you'll have a gallon of milk that'll go a week past the expiration date and still smells and tastes fine. You'll buy a gallon of milk and a week later you'll open it up and smell it and it smells fucking sour. I don't like smelling bad shit. Just tell me it's it's fucking done by being bright orange in the fucking container Yeah, without me having idea. to stick my nose in there and, and smell a nasty thing. A spoiled milk changing to orange is a pretty fucking good one. I gotta be honest with you. It's really good, yeah. It's good. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> we did that last episode. <laughs> We've cracked the seal. We'll have a dozen and a half more Star Wars episodes. I have pissed all over Star Wars today. Yeah. Even if it's just me and Alex because DT's given up on Star Wars, that's fine. We'll talk about it. You know what? Let's make the next Star Wars episode be about good shit that has recently come out that everybody equally enjoyed because they didn't rush it out the door and spend 50 fucking dollars on it. See you guys in episode 280. Yeah. (laughs) We're all just rubbing our hands together, waiting for an entire episode of DT telling us only things he likes about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Hope you guys like 45 minutes of dead air. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us here in Space Castle. As always, it is your clubhouse and hours for all things nerdy. Want to thank our good friend Brian Lovett, AKB, Supreme, for helping us go write our theme song, D's Notes. Join the Patreon. Become part of the crew at patreon.com slash spacecastlepod. My name is DT. And I'm Red Wine Alex, part-time librarian. <laughs> Winnebago Thief, King Killer Dude, Molotov Donghammer, Inverse Batman. I am proposing a name change. I'm bringing back up a name change I proposed at the top of the episode. Red Wine and Snatch Alex. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Seth. (laughs) Bye. Love you.